We're in a situation where we have put together, and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Welcome to the BCP podcast. I am your brother. I'm your host, Black Sort of Patriot. But you can just call me James. That's what my mom calls me. That's what my wife calls me. They also call me Jaime because I'm half Latino. But I go by James. Big hug to all of y'all. Appreciate you being here. I want to start off with a uh, some updates that we have from what I reported on in our last episode about Paul Kessler, the 65-year-old Jewish man who was hit and killed by a pro-Palestinian with a megaphone. We've got some interesting things going on here. Let's uh, let's get into this. Update, 65-year-old Jewish man identified as Paul Kessler. The victim identified as Paul Kessler was fatally assaulted on Westlake Boulevard in California over the weekend. He was involved in a heated altercation that broke out between him and a young pro-Palestinian protester. The protester allegedly struck Mr. Kessler in the head with a megaphone, causing him to fall to the ground with a head injury. Now, if you recall, I showed you this image, and we talked about this image yesterday, this woman with this uh, free Palestine was there, looked like she had some concern. Remember this image because uh, there's going to be another image that's going to, I don't know, see, make this one seem even more creepy. Th- this is the image I want I want you to see. For those of you listening to the show, it's a brown woman. She's got a free Palestine shirt or shawl or something. She's got a Palestinian flag. Mr. Kessler's on the fo- uh, floor holding his head with blood and she's stooped over. Looks like she has some concern, or just at least to see what's going on with him, as opposed to just ignoring him like other people you can see in the background that don't really seem to give a damn about what's going on here. Equally horrified and concerned, bystanders recounted the bloody scene, a sight further complicated by a woman holding a free Palestine sign providing aid to Mr. Kessler. Emergency services were rapidly deployed to the site, and Kessler was immediately rushed to a North Los Angeles hospital. Uh, despite best attempts, he died to his injuries. So here is uh, here are some of the updates uh, that we have. <clears throat> the uh, It is not clear who the suspect is. According to journalist Christina Buttons, there's a photo circulating of a masked individual that identifies him as a alleged attacker, but he is not. He is an agitator. The first photo is from last weekend. He was at the scene of the crime yesterday in a yellow vest. So let's go back to this picture here. This woman who seems concerned. 
And uh, here's the footage. Let me show you the coverage of this by ABC 7 News in Los Angeles. Mark, that witness, witness says that her small group of pro-Israel supporters were targeted by those counter-protesters. The Ventura County Sheriff's Department now investigating if this violent and deadly incident was a hate crime. Paramedics rushed to help 69-year-old Paul Kessler, who is Jewish, after being hit in the head and knocked to the ground by a counter-protester at dueling pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrations. A witness who doesn't want to be identified says it was a heated confrontation. They were both on an even ground, and they were yelling at each other, and then the man brought his megaphone up and hit Paul, and Paul went down. Kessler was bandaged up and rushed to the hospital, where authorities say he died from his blunt force head injury. His death ruled a homicide. Well, if someone hits you with something with the intent to cause serious damage and you die from it, it should be homicide. As opposed to, I guess, he could have also, there could have been a manslaughter charge. So the pro-Palestinians, well, it was it was a pro-Israel demonstration or support or rally, and then pro-Palestinians were considered the counter-protest because I think the the the, the pro-Israel one was scheduled first, and then they showed up, and they were on like opposite sides of the street, which would have been fine, but guess who the agitators were? Yeah, it wasn't the pro-Israelis or the the pro-Israel. Folks, surprise, surprise, it was the pro-terrorists who came over to terrorize the pro-Israel rally participants. The deadly encounter happened Sunday afternoon at Thousand Oaks as the two sides gathered on opposite corners at Westlake Boulevard and Thousand Oaks Boulevard. Witnesses say members of the pro-Palestinian group came over to them and began antagonizing the group when it suddenly turned violent. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was out of his mind to do something so physical like that. The man witnesses identify as the suspect can be seen giving deputies his version of what happened. The Ventura County Sheriff's Department now investigating if the deadly encounter was a hate crime. It is a hate crime. There's no question about it. If they wouldn't have come over and started to provoke, tried to provoke us, then there wouldn't have been, this wouldn't have happened. Now, by definition, that would be a hate crime. Now, I haven't talked about this, I don't think, on this show in a while, but I, I don't like hate crime. Hate crime to me is like, it's a, like an affirmative action for victims of crimes. It elevates one victim being worse of a victim than another one else. So if this incident happened and because the guy was Jewish and he uh, is, uh, is beat and killed then it becomes a worse crime because it's it's a hate crime than if two a Jew killed another Jew or an is or, or a Muslim killed a Muslim or a black guy killed a black guy. I I don't like that. I don't I just don't like that. It doesn't seem fair and equal to me. What are your thoughts on hate crimes? I've always felt that way. It, it just didn't seem right to me. It just seemed weird. It seemed like uh oh this this is a crime, but because it's a hate crime, it's even worse. I guess the idea is to regulate that people not be bigoted here's a reality my brothers and sisters and by the way i love and appreciate you so much for your support of this show and for your support of me and giving me this outlet to talk on the things that we really want to cover 
I've always felt that way, just that life is life. And this whole idea of favoritism is ridiculous. But give me your thoughts down below. How do you feel about it? Now let's go back to some images here. So uh, here's Paul Kessler's blood on this sign that said, Stop Bombing Babies and Families, a pediatrician. Maybe that was a lady that had the free Palestine. She put that on for him to catch his blood. But look, here she's laughing. Well, that's a little disconcerting. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. And anti-Israel protesters resume chanting as Paul Kessler is taken away in an ambulance. As a man is being taken away on an ambulance for being knocked unconscious, this is the kind of respect these Palestinian protesters are giving. Source from the scene of the deadly attack. In other words, it was business as usual. Stop killing our children now! Stop killing our children now! As a man is being taken away on an ambulance after being knocked unconscious. This is the kind of respect these Palestinian protesters are giving. As we saw in the other footage, the man was there talking to police and our uh our other lady here can be seen just kind of uh, laughing away uh, when when this thing happened. All right, we don't know the context of this, right? Like, we really don't know the context of it. Maybe someone said something funny. Uh, we can see Mr. Kessler here is already in his way. Maybe the, 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 the stress of this already happened. Some people... Uh, laugh and, and and smile and and giggle under stress, even if it's uh, inappropriate. It's a stress release, but it is a little creepy to see her. Like it was reported that she was concerned for Mr. Kessler, and then while he's being there, she's laughing. Just seems at least inappropriate. Once again, you may have a different thought on that. Please share it down below. Okay. Crime is crazy. What would you do in this situation? St. Louis. Teenager attempts to steal baby from woman's arms in broad daylight while walking with male companion. Not not the teenager, but the woman working with her male companion. Can the dangers created by weak on crime progressive policies be undone? Let's watch uh, the news footage on this. But uh, as I'm showing you here, well, before I get there, <clears throat> here's, it looks like it's a, a husband and wife. They, uh, the but guy tries to grab the baby and then the guy starts chasing after him. And uh, I don't think he had very good f uh, fighting skills. I'm not saying this like I'm some badass guy or something, but uh, he, uh, as he comes like that, he doesn't have his hands up really or anything. He just kind of gets clocked by the guy and the guy goes off. I, I assure you. Well, I don't know how I would react, and we could all act tough and speak tough. Uh, my first concern would be for my wife and child, but I would definitely want to detain that guy. 
and I wouldn't be jumping out like this. I'd be jumping with my hands up um, and then striking. Now, I have not been uh, active in martial arts uh, for several years now, but I have belted in more than one martial arts. Don't really practice it. The last one I did was Krav Maga, and it's about street fighting and grap. You know, not so much jujitsu, but a little bit of stuff on the ground. Um, I would have made sure that that guy did not get away with what he just tried to do. I wouldn't want him to rob, rob some other person or try to rob to another child. But at the same time, you don't know what these crazies have. Does he have a gun? Does he have a knife or whatever? Once again, I've been saying the theme has been for the last several episodes, protect yourself and protect your family. It is getting crazy out there. Here's the uh, here's what we know about the situation and not just what happened here, but what happened right before and right after. This is a this was a crime spree. We are learning of a terrifying attack in St. Louis. A man allegedly tried to take a baby from his mother's arms. The whole thing caught on camera. News Station's Kelly Beeson is live in our newsroom with more on this, Kelly. Yeah, so 19-year-old Anthony McGee-Nicole, he's in jail after going on this violent rampage in St. Louis Sunday morning. And we have the surveillance video. It shows him in a gray hoodie approach a mother crossing the street and attempting to snatch her infant daughter out of her arms. Now, the woman's husband was able to fend him off, you can see. McGee then ran. He bumped into an 82-year-old woman down the street, breaking both of her arms and then strangling her. Now, this was all before police were able to rescue the woman and take this teenager into custody. Officers learned that moments before McGee attempted to steal the baby, he allegedly smashed a liquor bottle over a 42-year-old woman's head. He's also being charged in an incident last month where he hit a woman in the face and then spit on a police officer. So he now faces, as you can imagine, a handful of charges, including assault, kidnapping, endangering the welfare of a child, armed criminal action, and resisting arrest, Nicole. Uh, yeah, that uh, is quite a rap sheet there. All right, Kelly Beeson in our newsroom. Thank you. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, George Soros and his ilk are getting their money's worth this kind of stuff has happened, right? We've had a problem where we don't have the mental health facilities we used to have for people. I'm not for mass uh, grabbing of everyone that is mentally ill and institutionalizing them. There is a fine line between having people out there that are dangerous and people who need help but may be harmless. But we also don't know if this person was mentally ill or just evil. Once again, they can be both. They can be demon-possessed with the spirit of violence and hatred and murder in their hearts. That same violent, demonic spirit that told Cain to kill Abel. It has existed. Even Adam and Eve had to deal with that. It's been here for a very long time. <sighs> what would you do? What would you do? All right, well, this is, uh, since we're talking about uh, law enforcement, let's talk about the FBI because, you know, the FBI is our friend and uh, they are out there. The FBI is now attending Pride events to recruit people to work for them. They had posted a couple days ago. Recently, FBI Charlotte, I'm guessing that's Charlotte, North Carolina, participated in a Pride event where the FBI spoke to attendees about career opportunities and the work the Bureau does to protect civil rights. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to make jokes here, but uh, what are they going to do? They, they, they're going to, uh, instead of carrying batons, they're going to start beating people uh, with, uh, with with sex toys. 
I'm sorry, that's inappropriate, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, uh, this just opens up itself up to so many jokes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a little irreverent, folks. But uh, we've got to have a little levity here. But my point wasn't in this. My point is that the FBI is making enemies out of American citizens, yet they're still trying to be woke as well. It's all by design to weaken law enforcement. But are they really weakened? Let's uh, let's see what's really going on here. The uh, We thank the LGBTQ plus commu- uh, members of our FBI family, law enforcement partners, agencies, and organizations, and the communities for their contributions to the Bureau in our nation. The FBI serves and welcomes all. That is what they uh, put on their uh, FBI Charlotte Twitter page. Well, this is what... Uh, One person had to say, how about arresting some of the terrorists who attacked the White House last night? Handing out pride flags instead of American flags. Disgusting. Not that they should be arrested for handing out pride flags, but that's what they were doing. Well, here's what's very interesting. Let's look at what the uh, Charlotte FBI is up to. Besides recruiting at pride events, the FBI has also been busy arresting Trump supporters for entering the Capitol on January 6th. The first North Carolina resident arrested with the help of Charlotte's FBI was Christopher Raphael Spencer and Virginia Spencer, a husband and wife who were charged for parading, demonstrating, and picketing at the Capitol back in 2021. This is in Charlotte, North Carolina. The latest person arrested and investigated by the FBI Charlotte branch is Brett Allen Rotella, or Rotella, who was arrested on August of this year in charge of the obstruction of law enforcement and during civil disorder, assaulting officers and several misdemeanor charges, including entering a restricted building, disorderly conduct in a restricted building, and impeding passage through the Capitol grounds or building. Maybe these uh, these LGBTQ people could be great uh, Antifa and woke plants. You know, maybe they can help the FBI with their next, their next false flag. Speaking of the FBI and false flag, I know I've got some weird segues here, folks. Bear with me. Roll with me. And of course, give me your uh, your patience. Oh, by the way, I found this little graphic. The FBI is the enemy of the American people. It's uh, Mike Cernovich uh, talking with Owen Schroyer. Owen Schroyer, who are now getting word. Uh, Owen Schroyer's Twitter account is being run by his team while he's gone. His new his new account because uh, Twitter has not reinstated his original account. Uh, this was uh, from yesterday. Update up, update. We have received a tip indicating that Owen is now facing thirty days in solitary confinement. He has been moved to another building on the Oakdale prison grounds. We still we have still not been able to communicate directly. This is the only information we have at the time, and people are saying it may be because. Um, that he uh, he did this exclusive recorded phone call from inside uh, uh, Oakdale, and it was published on Halloween, and this may be in retaliation of that. Uh, once we find out what's really going on here, I'll bring you an update. But uh, how about this? <laughs> the cover-up of the Mandalay Bay shooting, the Las Vegas massacre... Uh, the paddock murders, whatever you want to call it. The cover-up is literally being covered up. 
this is crazy. And this is trending on TikTok with over 15 million views. I'm not on TikTok and many of you are not as well. So let me bring this to you. Guest exposes Mandalay Bay for covering up Las Vegas shooting hotel room. In a viral video, a TikToker exposed the Mandalay Bay Resort and Casino for covering up the room where the Las Vegas mass shooter shot and killed the concert goers. If you recall, in October of 2017, a lone gunman shot at people attending a nearby country music festival from his hotel room. From the 32nd floor of the hotel, he quickly fired a litany of shots into the crowd, killing at least 59 people and injuring more than 500 others. The shooter was Stephen Craig Paddock, 64, of Mesquite, Nevada. He acted alone. Police found 23 firearms in Paddock's hotel room and 19 more at his house. While it was initially reported that Paddock was shot by police, authorities determined that he killed himself right before the Officers entered his room. Officials said the shooter had con- connecting rooms or a suite on the 32nd floor of the hotel that allowed him to run back and forth between windows and shoot out of both so he could get two different angles. This is the deadliest mass shooting in modern American history to date, according to CBS News. Now, when this came down, I did a lot of coverage on this on my YouTube show. Got uh, I got a sus- I got a, a week suspension. Because uh, I can't remember that Hispanic guy and his whole lies. He was the hero or whatever uh, that that saved the day. Um, that whole thing was uh, when he was on. Uh, supposedly, one of the employees was there, and he was on the Ellen DeGeneres show, and I showed how he was talking to handlers and how there was all kinds of shady things. That video was taken down by YouTube, and I I, I got a uh, cyberbullying and harassing. Um, Warn uh, violation on YouTube, and I couldn't upload for a week or live stream or anything like that for talking about that. Um, the, the the Las Vegas massacre. Were we ever going to know what happened? Well, let's get into this uh, literal co- literal cover up, and this time I'm being literal about the literal cover up. So we're here at the Mandalay Bay. I'm going to take you up to the secret floor where they covered up exactly what he did. You can see right where the concert venue was which is now just a big parking lot. Um, so he would have been all the way on the corner. I don't know how many rows over, but this is the view he would have had, except a little bit lower. So here's the same room, but two floors down. Now the elevator's not gonna let us go to the right floor, so we have to find the stairs, which are right here. So we're currently on floor number 28. And we need to go up to 33, which is now called Floor number 54 or something like that. They literally changed the name of it. So you can see this is floor number 30. Somebody ripped the thing off. Go up to the next floor. 56. They literally changed the numbers because of it. Okay, so we got off at the 30th and we've walked up now. And from 30, the next floor we go to is 56. One more floor after that, it goes to 57. Now let's check this out. Isn't that something? While at the Mandalay Bay, this TikToker, he's known as Side Money Tom, discovered that the hotel literally cut up, covered up the room where the shooting happened, making it more difficult for people to find. Removing it as one of the rooms opened to guests, potentially sing it off so that no one or only authorized hotel workers could go in. In the video, Tom shows the view from a window on a different uh, floor of the hotel. Viewers can clearly see the parking lot where the music festival happened in 2017. Tom wanted to access the 32nd floor where the mass shooting happened, but the elevators wouldn't take him there. So he had to go to find, uh, he had to use the stairs to get there. He said it was once the 32nd floor now has a number of room in the 50s 
And as he walks past floor 30, the labeled floor jumps to 56. They literally changed the numbers because of it. Let me show you the second part of, uh, of this video or this two parts of this video. Okay, here's floor number 57. This would have been his room right here. And then over here, there would have been those double doors. So I'll put a photo right now so you guys can see what it used to look like. They literally just covered up and closed off. They totally sealed off these rooms. This is where the lines were, the seams, where his room was. They did a literal cover-up. I'm not saying it's a cover-up, but they literally covered it up. And I think you can still access it from this room, which is no longer in service. But what's crazy, you go down here, if you want to, you can stay in the room right next door to where he was. He set up a webcam around the corner from this room right here so he could see when the cops and the SWAT team and everybody was approaching from right here. So this is the floor right here, the elevators that the SWAT team and the police would have come up and they would have gone straight to the right all the way to the end of the hallway. That's right, they literally covered up the cover-up. Wow. On floor 57, formerly 32, Tom shows that the room where he claims the gunman stayed was patched up. Where there used to be a hotel room door, there's now a painted wall and a large piece of art hanging up. Adjacent to this is a door without a handle that can seemingly only be accessed with a key. They literally just covered up and closed off and totally sealed off these rooms, Tom said. Not saying it's a cover-up, but they literally covered it up, Tom said, referring strictly to the room now being inaccessible. However, an adjacent room still seems to be in operation at the hotel. Combined, the two-part video series has more than 15 million views and thousands of comments. That's of, of a couple days ago. I'm sure it has more. Damn, this gives me an eerie feeling. The top comment read, based on commenter experience and, ex and questions, it's possible the entire floor of the hotel is no longer in use since the elevator didn't stop there. When I went last year, I stayed in Mandalay Bay, Bay and you couldn't even access the floor anymore, a commenter said. Quote, wait, so did they decommission all the rooms on that floor too? If there is no elevator, another asked. What are your thoughts, brothers and sisters? What do you think is really going on here? Now, I understand Mandalay Bay. This this is this is an icky part of your history. And it's funny that they wouldn't think like other things that just blow, blow over. They are losing revenue by cutting off an entire floor. That really is something, isn't it? That's what it looked like before. And now what you see there is, th this This is what it looked like before. The door goes there. Th there's two rooms on the side of it. And this is at the very end of the hallway. Now at the end of the hallway, there's a big wall there with a painting. Okay, how about some levity? How about some parody? How about some satire? How about this from the Columbia Oh, you can read it yourself. Watch this. I thought this was pretty funny. This, uh, let me give you what this is. This is an Israeli satire show poking fun at Western liberal support for Hamas terrorists. Hi, everyone. We are live on YouTube with Columbia Yuntisemity News. We're 
everyone is welcome. LGBTQH. H. Hamas. <laughs> yeah, I totally simp Hamas. Yeah. It's so trending right now. From the, the river, river to, to the, the sea, Palestine, Palestine will, will be free. free. Do you know why it's true? Mm. Because it rhymes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know why it's true? Because it rhymes. That's about as much critical thinking skill as many of these collegiate occupiers are. Because I can't call them students because they're not even learning anything. Anyway, let's go back to the parody. It's funnier than anything I can say. Just look at all this toxic Zionist propaganda. Kid lived in Gaza. Does this look like Gaza to you? Yeah, bro, I have no idea what Gaza looks like. And they're smiling. Do hostages smile? Zionist liars. Totally sus. Do they think we're stupid? Stupid? I major in queer post-colonial astrology. I'm, I'm crying here. I'm crying here. I used to make, for years, we've said, you know, like under ba underwater basket weaving, right? That was uh, uh, what I would say, and I've heard other people say it as well, um, about a useless degree. But I, I like this one. I think I'm going to use this one uh, in the future. Uh, I, I majored in queer post-colonial astrology. That's freaking hilarious. Ew. Jews make the world dirty. Yeah. And no, I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm racist fluid. Exactly. <laughs> racist fluid. I'm sorry, I know we shouldn't be laughing at this as making fun of the Hamas Israeli thing, but folks, we have to have levity or we'll go crazy. I'm racist fluid. Uh, uh, this Israeli uh, uh, sketch show or whatever this is, uh, this was more entertaining than anything I've seen from Santa Live in a very long time. And now for a little break from all this activism, we want to say hello to our BFF. Bestie freedom fighter. Abu Fatwa in Gaza. Salam alaikum. Alaikum assalam and inshallah Allah will kill you all infidels. Thank you so much for joining us. Love the headpiece, the all oppression chic. Very drip. Mr. Fatwa, how are you? Are you safe? Oh yes, I'm safe. I'm in a tunnel under the Gaza hospital. Oh. Above me, I have Allah and two million civilians protecting me. Community is so important these days. Do you need like humanitarian aid? I can't. Like, I've got two. I got tunnels and two million civilians above me and Allah protecting me. That was savagely witty. Ha! Huh. Maybe they should get these Israeli writers fly them out to uh, New York City and uh, maybe Lauren Michaels should hire them for the last season, supposedly, of Saturday Night Live. I think they're trying to make it to 50 years and then maybe uh, call it quits. They probably should have called it quits 25 years ago. But I digress. Let me just play the last part of this uninterrupted. Let's see what... Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, uh, what, what their uh, BFF, their... Uh, Bestie freedom fighter Abu Fatwa has to say. Food, fuel, medicine. It's okay, I have everything. I'm only hungry for rockets. As long as it's organic. Yeah. I wish I could be there with you. You can. You can come to Gaza anytime and we will throw you from the roof, you homosexual dirt. 
Do you hear? Bro, want to throw me a rooftop party? They are so welcoming and inclusive. So shukran. And you are also very welcome to come here to America. We will come. First we finish with Israel. And America is next. Not to be a downer, but they're working on a terrorist attack on our soil right now. With the blessing and help probably of the same FBI that was uh, responsible for the L, uh, the Las Vegas massacre. Uh, but I digress. I said I wasn't going to stop, but I, I had to stop there. Um, he says, I'm going to throw you from the roof, you homosexual dirt. Um, and he goes, I'm only hungry for rockets. I thought that I, I thought they were going to make a uh, a joke there, given this character, but they didn't go there. They didn't go there. Am I the only one who thought that that might be a joke that uh, that was being teed up? Great. So I guess we'll see you soon. Yes, it would be a blast. <laughs> Can't wait. It will be so multicultural. <gasps> Ya Allah, you are so stupid. Thank you so much, Abu. We love you. I won't even bother killing you. It's a waste of bullets. Good vibes only. It's better you just kill yourself. <laughs> okay, bye. Die. From, From the, the river, river to, to the sea, sea Palestine will, will be just free. free. Yeah, that sounds better. It is better. And there you have it. What are your thoughts there? Today is November 7th. It's one month since October 7th when these attacks happened and some people on the left are clueless. The biggest clueless group, though, has to be Queers for Palestine. I'll be back tomorrow. Big hug to all of y'all. Ciao, goodbye, God bless. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.